Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's six o'clock in the morning, London time, on Wednesday, the 21st of September. The US Federal Reserve meets today, and without so much as a pause for breath, to see what the existing interest rate increases have done to the economy, it's expected to raise rates again, with the market muttering about a 75 basis point increase. The market's craving for interest rate increases is all the fault of the Fed. The June policy errors meant that forward guidance was trashed, so markets have little to steer their expectations by. It also elevated the role of consumer price inflation as a driver of Fed policy. Consumer price inflation is volatile, and the largest component of it is a fantasy price that uses guesswork as an input into the process. The unnecessary June policy errors have added volatility to markets and reduced the Fed's room to move. With forward guidance and with a focus on the core PCE deflator, the Fed could more credibly have paused in its tightening to assess the uh, impact of existing policy without causing markets or anyone else to panic. But Fed Chair Powell seems intent on rivaling Fed Chair Burns in the Economist's Hall of Infamy, and monetary policy is subject to the erratic moves of weird data points. The basic challenge for the Fed, as with other central banks, is that it needs to create disinflation where it can to offset the inflation it cannot control. The specific problem is that over half the current US inflation rate is occurring in prices the Fed cannot really control. The really specific problem for the Fed is that the inflation experience is very far from uniform across the United States. Homeowners have a lower inflation rate. Renters have a higher inflation rate. High-income groups have a lower inflation rate. Low-income groups have a higher inflation rate. Inflation is dramatically lower in San Francisco than it is in Phoenix. New car price inflation is little more than 6% in Los Angeles, but nearly 33% in Baltimore. This is not usual. The difference between high-inflation regions and low-inflation regions in the US is exceptionally wide at the moment. So the Fed will raise rates, knowing that this will not change oil prices or food prices. It will probably make owners' equivalent rent worse. It will not affect medical costs. It will probably fail to alter auto prices. It will not change the cost of education. The Fed raising rates might slow demand in a way that would directly impact less than a quarter of the current consumer price inflation rate drivers, parts of which already have disinflation or outright deflation. In doing so, the Fed will be hurting those who are already hurting and not really impacting those who are doing better. In other words, these large rate hikes, without stopping to properly assess the impact, do less to lower inflation and more to raise risks to growth. South Korean exports for the first 20 days of September were weak, with the headline exports dropping over 8% in year-on-year terms. The pattern showed a slight rise in exports to the States and a big decline in exports to China. But as China imports high-end microchips and so on to use in products that it then exports to the rest of the world, Chinese demand for Korean exports is, at least in part, a reflection of global demand. None of this is especially surprising. The global surge in demand for durable goods last year was transitory, as was the associated price inflation, and that is increasingly apparent along the supply chains for durable goods. Russian allies in four Russian-occupied Ukrainian territories 
have announced referenda on joining Russia, with the votes to be held within a week, and the Russian Duma passed a law related to conscription in the event of full Russian mobilisation, though mobilisation has not been announced. This escalation of the war follows from recent Russian military retreats. Economically, this doesn't change a great deal. The economic aspects of the war are well established. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.